Wrestling Merchandise and Memories podcast. Wrestling Merchandise and Memories is, of course, brought to you by CanadianBulldogsWorld.com, your scrapbook for wrestling merchandise and memories. I am Canadian Bulldog, and today we've got uh, not one, but two special guests. I was almost special ghosts, but that's not accurate. Um, As always, my my co-host here is uh, the one and only the incomparable Stu Stone. Stu, how are you doing? Good, good. Very. I'm still incomparable, and I appreciate you recognizing that. Have I used that one before? I don't know. No. Okay. What does that even mean? I mean, I've, in, I've you're even not comparable. Incomparable. That's what it means. So it's like incomparable. Yes. You're but it's unique. pronounced you're... incomparable. That's why it's confusing. Okay, fine. The incomparable yes. Stu Stone. I would appreciate that. All Thank right. you. But they well, do pronounce it incomparable. That's That's got to be one of those rare times in the English language where a word is pronounced completely different. And it's the same word, right? Like, I feel you like don't Lord say Alfred like, oh, Hayes would have something to say on that. No, no, but for always... real, you don't say like, oh, that's comparable. Or do, or do people say? I'd say comparable. Are, you do? Yeah. You don't say comparable. Yeah. You say comparable. I, I'd say both, but I'm saying comparable isn't wrong. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of grammar and pronunciation. <laughs> Probably very little to do with wrestling this week. Hopefully. Uh, but I kid. But uh, also one of the frequent co- contributors to CanadianBulldogsWorld.com is with us this week, the Big Rybowski. Rybowski, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Hello, everybody. Bulldog Stu, thanks for having me on today. Uh, to be honest, I'm just happy to be taking home a paycheck. Paycheck. See, uh, wait, we got, we got to talk budget. <laughs> well, we'll have those conversations. Nepotism. Later. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Rybowski has been uh, on on the old site on the the uh, the audio podcast I've heard we've it. done once upon a time. Stu's a big. No, I get it. Him. You're just like not happy with how things are going between you and I. So you got to bring the old guy back. We're I get just it. doing some creative retooling. We're bringing back the Heyman and Bischoff, if you will. Yes. But uh, no, I'll pleasure to it. see you, Rybowski. Our first. Uh, I've obviously we have uh, we've known each other a long time, but it's our first time uh, doing this show together. I'd have to get the bulldog to uh, fact check that, but I guess so. I know there was a, a whole series before. Was I ever was on it? it? I guess I was on it before. You were. You were a guest. Yeah. Okay. You're, My bad. A guest. I take just, it back. We're just recycling shit. Basically. It was that memorable. It was an inc- incomparable <laughs> podcast. It was incomparable. Yes. <laughs> um, so this week's uh, topic, and uh, we got great feedback on the No Holds Barred episode. By the way, so glad to be uh, back here again this week. So. With the wrestling world recently having uh, descended on Toronto for SummerSlam week, um, we thought this might be an appropriate topic this time around. Now, when you think about Toronto, it's never going to be compared with New York or Philadelphia or Atlanta, uh, just in terms of a, a traditional wrestling city. But there's a lot of history to it. And I think before even the three of us were born, um, you look at years before Bruno San Martino was headlining Madison Square Garden. He was selling out Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. Uh, as Frank the- Tunney. End of the Frank ter- uh, Frank Tunney days, yeah, I believe so. Um, is the territory stop, top star then? And if you look back uh, to 1963, way before any of us were born, years and years and maybe decades before we were around, uh, there was a match between Luthez and Buddy Rogers, and that was what led to what's now known as WWE. That that took place in Toronto as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Who won? He didn't get that far. (laughs) One of them won. I believe it was Thaz, actually, because Buddy Rogers sort of succeeded to the what was then WWF as the first champion. So I think that's how. So that wouldn't have been the match that he won that that championship. He won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, is that what happened? Something like that. Yeah. So how did that lead to, you know, becoming what it is today? That's that's another podcast for another time. But um, just talking about Toronto, the, the original Sheik, was a, he was a big headliner in Detroit and what have you, but he also had a long undefeated streak in Toronto where he was one of the top uh, heels in the territory. 
uh, the streak ended in 1974 when he lost to Andre the Giant. And then Did you just, just read uh, Greg Oliver's book or something? <laughs> shout out to Greg shout Oliver. Shout out to Greg, absolutely. I, I know he's I listening. His book, The Storytellers. But this is this is all uh, Canadian Bulldog facts, for okay. sure. Okay. So if you look at Toronto, it's also been home to two WrestleManias, two SummerSlams just recently. You just uh, gloss over those? You spend all the time about Lou Fez and the Sheik, but you're just going to gloss over those two WrestleManias? To, I'm trying to set a tone here. Oh, okay. I turned off the lights. I was trying to you know set the mood here. Fair. But, uh, Fair. You're, just, you're so, rushing into it. We've got like two more hours to go, so we've got to piece ourselves out. Um, so two SummerSlams, the Survivor Series, two NXT takeovers, and at least a half dozen other pay-per-views between Impact and WWE at Ring of Honor, House of Hardcore, um, <laughs> and all that. And then I guess the last thing I'd say about Toronto, uh, back in the day, before we were we were uh, young pishers. <laughs> um, For all the Jews listening. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but you look at, um, like, they're probably not first ballot Hall of Famers, but people like Whipper Billy Watson and Sweet Daddy Siki, The Wolfman, Tiger Jeet Singh, all these people were top stars in Toronto as when it was its own territory long before Vince McMahon uh, took over the wrestling world. So this week, we're, we're going to talk about... Angela Musco. Angela Musco is more of a Hamilton guy, but I, I was thinking about him okay. in my meticulous research sure that I did for this. Uh, I, thought, I think about Angela King Kong Moscow all the time. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, almost as much as I think about Lawrence. Don't call me Larry. How about uh, Dominic Danucci? Dominic Danucci was not a Toronto. Is he the guy that owns Pizza Nova? Don't you ever hear that commercial? That it sounds like he's like, "Hi, I'm Dominic Danucci. Call us and we make our pizza with the best fucking sauce." <laughs> Try out our new pepperoni. Is that no, for real? I've never, Dominic Danucci. I've never heard the Dominic Danucci Pizza Nova spot. But um, hi, I'm, I'm Dominic Danucci, <laughs> and on our pizzas, we got the best fucking sauce. I'm not kidding. It, he, it is. That's his name. I'm pretty sure you're kidding. It's not Dominic Danucci. He's the guy who trained like McFoley. And he sounds like he's from New York more than Toronto. Fair. Yeah. So having said all that and, and way too much backstory here, um, we're going to talk about our own personal memories of wrestling in Toronto. And I thought I'd start with a big event. Actually, the, the big event. The big event, yeah. The big event, which was, I know for Rye Bowskin, I was the first live wrestling show we ever attended. I don't know, Stu, was that the first I didn't, for you I didn't. Well? Go, I didn't go to it. What? I I was filming a movie. Wow. Yeah, I was filming a movie called The Blue Monkey, which was known as The Green Monkey at that time. And I wasn't able to go. We gave our tickets to, I believe, my cousin, Brian Farberman. Farbsy went to the show with his grandfather. There's a whole story about that, which I'll be happy to tell uh, if you want me to go first. I I think you need to, yeah. Okay, so this is like alleged. And so I hold know- on, we're, we're leading with Farbsy's memory of uh, Toronto. Is, <laughs> yes. that, is that what's happening? Yes. Apparently, Can we get him on the line. Farbsy went. Yeah, I probably could. I probably it's could. It's a good story. It is a good story. Let it's, me see. It's worth waiting. And for, it's one of those sure. stories that keeps changing every time it's told, which makes it's part of its charm. I'll so, see if. So while Stu's uh, getting on his phone to to contact uh, Farbsy, we're going to talk a little bit about this. So this is this was your first show, and the phone is ringing here. No, he hasn't answered. Keep if he okay, answers, right. I'll let you know. Okay, let us keep us posted, please do. Yeah. Um. So the big event, and it was called at the time Wrestling Hulkamania Night. It wasn't called the big event until oh, it wasn't. It, it, yeah, until it came out. Uh, and you can use just called that Wrestling one, Hulkamania Night. Yes. That's Holy what shit! Billy Red Lions. Would but call also it they the had like uh, uh, pull out posters in the newspaper leading up to the event. Oh, and every it was in bus shelters. It was on the TTC. I remember it was like, sweeping the the city. Uh, you'd see Hulk Hogan's face pretty can much. Can you everywhere. Uh, pull, pull the microphone to talk when you you know they, you're wearing headphones, man? You got to get in there. Don't you right. remember there was like a Paul Mister Wonderful Orndorff like pull out, and he's like it's like a two page oh. like 
spread. The whole city of Toronto was was had Hulkamania fever for sure. Leading up to it was like I said, it was it was 1986. Um, Rybeski and I were away at summer camp. While all the big angles were filming, I remember my father had recorded everything on Betamax, no less, of all the angles that were leading up to the big event. So we got home from camp and we saw it. And so I'm going to say a few things about the big event and then feel free to weigh in, obviously. Uh, It was freezing cold, which was very unusual for the end of August. Yes. It was cold? It was freezing cold. It was like jacket weather. You can get the actual, uh, probably the actual temperature. You probably could. Um... And while the main event was Hulk Hogan against Paul Orndorff, the first time after Orndorff had turned heel on Hogan, the first time they had a match. By the way, the best match, heel turn of our generation. I would totally agree with you. I do think it's the best heel turn. If it wasn't for uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels yeah. turned on Hulk Hogan? Uh, Marty Jannetty. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I, I, saw, I say Orndorff is probably the best. It, just, it was the most iconic growing up, and this was like the Dude, big blowout How many match. times since then have you held somebody's arm up in like a victory, like arm up and then clothesline them. I did it twice in your life. You know, it's like, seriously, that was like the best turn ever. It was, but there there wasn't as much of a lead up to it. It was kind of that thing What do you mean he was ducking his calls at the gym? I mean, it was, the story was that they were best friends and they weren't best friends until this was on the table. So it kind of didn't really mean anything. You you could see it coming from a mile away. Uh, It was good. Yeah, but also every time Hulk Hogan had a best friend, it never worked out. We were talking about that yesterday, I believe. The Honky Tonk Man, he was billed as like Hogan's buddy. He turned heel. Tugboat, that was Hogan's buddy, turned heel. Hillbilly Jim's the only one of Hogan's buddies that uh, didn't turn on him. No, Brutus Peepkick turned on him as well. Yeah. yeah. Andre right. the Giant. Turned on him. Yeah. So so going back to this, though. So the main event, I thought, was was amazing. It was it was it definitely delivered for for everybody who was there. It was over. Did he was a disqualification? It did. It ended in a DQ. It was a dusty finish. So it looked like Orndorff won the title at first. But he hit him with like the stool it. or something. Am I thinking I, of it? I, I believe you're right. It was 100 percent a stool. And uh, I mean, I remember that because I was in tears. I thought that uh, Orndorff had won because the ref actually counted to three and counted Hogan oh, I don't down. remember that. He uh, raised Orndorff's hand, and then and I believe another referee came in and reversed it. Is that what happened, Bulldog? Come on, that wasn't the finish. it was the second referee, but the, it was definitely a reverse decision. So it was, really? a, it was a big, dusty finish, but it was perfect for the time. So I don't remember that. You should go to yeah. um, do your local video flex and see if uh, yeah, you can I get should. the Coliseum video I know video some people that work there. Version of it. Um, but I'm going to stipulate that even though the main event was amazing – it was one of the most underwhelming big shows uh, of all time. Really? Yeah, and and I know it's a bit controversial, but what I'm going to say is, so there there was only the one title. Being Do you have defended. the card? Can you read us the card? I, I can go over the card. Sure. So I, I, I this is from memory. This is and not. Can we in my try notes. to pick like who won the matches and stuff? Sure. That'd be okay. Fun. So so the opening match was. was it was Dory and Haas Funk, so not even Terry Funk. Terry Funk did not make it to Exhibition Stadium against the Killer he told, Bees. He told. Uh, Vince that his horse was sick, and he left. Do you know that story? I've heard the story. It's the best. And it was actually a Jimmy Jack Funk. Jimmy Jack and Haas are the same. Uh, oh, no, you, it, it was Jimmy Jack and Haas. You said uh, Dory. Oh, so you're right. Thank you. It's, this is off the cuff for sure. Um, so there was that, which was which is okay. It was an okay opener. Who won the Killer Bees? Killer Bees won. They had did they mass do like the confusion. mass confusion? Absolutely, they did. Um, then you had. Did, sorry, did they ever win a match when they didn't do mass confusion? I don't think so. I mean, they must have, but not many. There you go. Let us let us know if you have any examples of that. Um, <laughs> I remember King Tonga Haku for those in the know against Magnificent Morocco. Who do you think won that one? Morocco. 
It was feel. It feels like it's a heels up kind of night. <laughs> it was a draw, a fifteen minute draw. Oh God. Oh, hold on. Sorry, because I'm fact checking here. It was a twenty minute draw, which makes it oh, okay. that much better. <laughs> a twenty minute draw between Haku long, and Morocco. <laughs> I remember, and I don't know the order at this point, but I'm just I'm gonna sort of gas it here. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes against Hercules Hernandez. That was on the card. Yeah, and it was before like. Hercules had short hair. He was still like managed by Slick at the time. So that's a Billy Jack but, is up. That's I, a DQ of some kind. I don't. I, I don't remember if it was a DQ. I think I could that have been a draw. Do you, you have uh, results? No, on uh, Billy Jack Haynes won clean. Yeah, Billy Jane, Billy Jack up on that one. And that, that match was actually uh, eighth on the card. So later down. Yeah. On okay, the so I'm, I'm missing the order, which is fine. Here's here's what I'm gonna say though. So the Intercontinental Champion, Randy Savage, was not on the show. Okay. His top challenger, Tito Santana at the time, or George Animal Steel, both of those guys were on the show. Tag Team Champions. They were probably were, headlining some other town that well, night. Well, I think, I think it was like a B-show. Like the main event was like Dynamite Kid against Randy Savage somewhere in like London, Ontario or something Fucking like that. Fucking hell, yeah. hell of a match yeah, that go. was, by the way. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper wasn't there. Um, who else was? like About half the guy, and none of the managers except for Bobby Heenan and Lou Albano were there. So it was just... And Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji, who is he with? I guess he was repping Morocco. Well, then who's uh, missing? Says, That's and, uh, every manager. And it says uh, Jimmy Hart was there, too, with the Funks. All right. Okay, so I stand corrected on that point. But what, here's what I'm going to say. The match right before the I main give event. give you credit for being so humble and <laughs> being corrected. You, <laughs> you can't get anything past Rybowski, by the way, in You're life. fact-checking machine. Yeah, he's a fact-checking fucking god. <laughs> um. So the match right before the main event, I do remember this really clearly. Two former world champions, both of the, which passed away this year, Pedro Morales and your guy Harley Race. Wait, Pedro Pedro died this year? He did. I forgot. I guess he did, yeah. Yeah. I guess he didn't send All flowers the to the Morales now. family. Yeah. But uh, it, transitional it was... Transitional champ? He was the first ever transitional champ? The what? Like, wasn't he just like a... He's the former Triple Crown. I think he's the first Triple Crown Triple champion. Crown. Mr. Everything. Mr. <laughs> uh, but... It was I mean, for for two like. Did he have two, an LJN? He did not have an LJN. Don't you feel like he should have? You should have listened to number episode number one in the archives. I feel like I I feel like I told you guys there was a Morales figure coming in the new catalog. It was between him or uh, SD Jones. SD got it. Yeah. Um. So, but anyways, two former world champions. It was a terrible match, and it shouldn't have been. Um. The other one, the other memory, I'll point it, and then I'll. Wait, let which match is that? Harley Pedro, race against Pedro Harley. It was oh, like, Pedro right, Harley was a match. It was the right before the main event. And it went three minutes and 23 seconds. With Harley going up. Harley did go over. Yeah. He wasn't quite the king yet. Um, but the other thing I was going to say is it, the match was supposed – one of the matches advertised was Ted Arcidi against Tony Atlas, like Battle of Battle the Strongmen. Strong mm-hmm. And so Tony Atlas, maybe he left the company. Maybe there was like a foot fetish thing at the time. I don't know. But instead of bringing another Strongman and they brought a different Tony, Tony Gurria. And that match was just as, as fucking awful as you can, can imagine a match between Ted Arcini and Tony Grillo would be. But they still went on like Battle of the Strongmen, even By the way, it wasn't, that, correct? That, that, that's how they probably, framed it. Probably. But that's not Tony Gurria's fault, I assure you. Oh, I'm not blaming T- Gurria. Tony Gurria can work. I'm just saying in terms of substitutes, it was a pretty I would say that, that you could probably blame yeah. Ted Arcini on that one. Yeah. And I'm, like, I don't think that... And Tony Atlas could work, too. So, I don't know. It's Ted Arcini. He's the, he, and he had an LJN figure. Pedro didn't. Maybe that was like the stipulation. Whoever won got an action. I just remember Ted RCD's LJN figure like skipped leg day. He was like all upper body and like little legs. But that was the real guy, wasn't it? (laughs) Could be. Could be. be. So what other memories do you guys have of the big event slash wrestling Hulkamania night? And I know, Stu, you weren't there personally. That was every match you just named? No. But I thought the Rougeos were on there. Um, I can go through it here because I have It was like Johnny Canine against the Rougeos. 
So after the Morocco and uh, Haku went to a 20-minute draw, we had Ted RCD, Tony Gurria. And then after that was JYD beating adorable Adrian Adonis. Wow, that's Another a nice stinker. one. Uh, it was a four-minute match, and JYD won by countout. So. Not much of a match there. <laughs> Not very memorable. Um, after that, Dick Slater oh, the Rebel. versus Iron Mike Sharp. And Slater went up there. Arena in the country. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Slater went over, and that match was longer than the the previous two combined. They gave those guys time to work. <laughs> um, after that, of course, this was the match that I remembered, and I remember you being most excited about on this card, yep. which of course was the Machines, uh, Super Machines. Oh yeah, how'd you machine. leave that out? That was the big one. I was waiting against uh, the team of Bobby Heenan, King Kong Bundy, and Big John Studd. Uh, that yeah, was a legendary so- match. I, I wouldn't say legendary. And yes, I was looking forward to it. I had the sign saying like King Kong Bundy Mania is running wild from like the. Wait, 45th did, was row. it the giant machine? The giant machine was not in the match. Oh, he so it was there. like Blackjack Mulligan and and uh, like Bill Eady. Yeah, and 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 Axe. Yes, and Captain Lou was in the match, so he was a member of that team. It was the other two machines and Captain Lou, but but Andre was there. Andre didn't want to work that night. So it's just it was, it was underwhelming for sure. Um, also, the other match I don't know if you got it there, but uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jake the Snake that was okay. That wasn't. What a about bad the Rujos? Well, they are later on, but Ricky Steamboat versus Jake the Snake Roberts was a snake pit match. Yes. And what does that mean? Which, uh, I don't really remember. I think uh, the loser has to be thrown into a pit of snakes. I believe. Was he possibly I think you just blindfolded, made that up. or was that a different match? <laughs> that was a different match. No, it was, it was a no DQ match. That was the gimmick. Uh, did it pay off? Is there was twenty there any, matches uh, on the card? Well, there was. There was a lot of matches on the card for such an awful show. So yeah, after that was Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules Hernandez. And you got to talk right into the mic there. Your Rougeau brothers were there. Yeah, there they are. Jacques and, and Raymond, and uh, they took on the Dream Team, Valentine and Beefcake. Rougeau's went over? Rougeau's went over, yes. <laughs> it's a baby faces up kind of night, boys. <laughs> um, and then Harley Race, Pedro Morales, and of course the main event, which was Hollywood Hogan versus Mr. Wonderful. And and uh, Orndorff won that match. No, he, did, he, he appeared to have won the match. And then they did a dusty finish where Hogan won by DQ. Okay. So, anyways, that that was like that was the first event. So, Stu, let's let's focus on you. What was the first wrestling show you saw live? Uh, ooh, it probably it was definitely like Maple Leaf Gardens, and it was definitely uh, I used to go all the time, man. So I can't. It's like all a blur to me, but Can I you know give the exact times of each match as well. No, but I, I I know like I for sure was like a Bulldogs Heart Foundation type of show. Uh, Hogan Kamala, I was definitely at that, at that tour we've talked about, I believe on the podcast previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the first show I went to was a Bulldogs Heart Foundation was like the main. No relation. Uh, that's possibly the first time. Yeah. That so, would have been the main maybe. So that would have put it about, but that's, that's late. It would be that 86, was like 87. 86, 85. Maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll have to look that one up, but so let's talk a little bit about Maple Leaf Gardens because it it it's it's a very unique building and right now it's actually it's a grocery store, but if you go up to the top floor, there's a small small arena where like Ring of Honor and some other folks have wrestling shows every once in a while. So there's a little bit of wrestling history still in that building. How small is it? Um, I I don't I've I've only been in the build, the venue once. I I can tell you it's it's pretty small though. It's on the top floor of the grocery store. Really. Yes, really. And did you go to a wrestling show there? I no, I've I've been to other events there, but not uh, wrestling. I remember the thing about going to Maple Leaf Gardens shows that was so exciting that is lacking from today, obviously. But uh, they would, they they would be make the announcement 
for what's going to come on the next show. At And that was like what you would wait for. They'd be like, we've just got word. Like, coming up next time, it will be Jake the Snake Roberts. And he'll be taking on Brutus Beefcake. And then like, boo. But they'd give you the whole card. Uh, they, well, they'd give you a few matches, and then they would just name random wrestlers. Yeah, well. but like they'd also name like the, the Red Rooster. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Marty, the ring announcer. I remember like we were at a show. I think Earthquake's debut. It yeah. was called the Canadian Earthquake. And he was, uh, was like Richard Charland or something. Something like that. Like that. <laughs> something like uh, you know, we went to some some legendary. We went to a lot of shows together. There was one time I went with my grandfather, and he and somehow he got we. Like Elizabeth, somehow I met Elizabeth with him, and she took a baseball and got it signed, which I still have, and it's like a signed sweet spot, Macho Man Randy Savage baseball, that my grandfather got somehow. I don't remember. Like, I was so young. I also remember Andre the Giant, like, reaching up. I think we talked about this before, but I was, like, reaching up to shake his hand, and I remember him, like, shaking my head. I don't remember that, no. The ramp. Like, Andre was so big. So can we talk a little bit about the like the venue itself? The ramp we'd have to be like the security would be like you can't sit on there like it's it'll break. Meanwhile, like Andre's getting slammed on there. The ra- the ramp is my biggest memory about Maple Leaf Gardens wrestling. That ramp that went right up to the ring. It's the best. Uh, whenever they would fight on there, which was very rare, uh, but sometimes someone would take a bump on there and the sound would just echo through the arena. Uh, as you mentioned, sitting on there and reaching up. Uh, that's in my mind, always what sets up. That's what I think of when I think of uh, Maple Leaf Gardens wrestling. I think that the ramp is such an important piece of the presentation as well because it makes the wrestlers all look even bigger than, and they're already big to begin with, but like Andre the Giant on a ramp is even bigger than Andre on the floor. He's towers over, it's just, they should bring it back. They should bring back a ramp like that. It's bizarre that that was one of the only cities that they ever had a ramp, an entrance ramp. Yeah, well, WCW used a ramp all the time. Well, sorry, in WWF. Yeah. But, and the other thing I'd say about Maple Leaf Gardens, like it, it was so not corporate in terms of like a, an arena. Like it was, it was the hockey arena until the, the early 90s, I guess, for where the Toronto Maple Leafs would play. But it just had this very old school, even at the time, just ancient mentality about it. Just that one of the oldest buildings you'd have. Uh, you mentioned the, the ramp and, and the security guards. Uh, these security guards were like senior citizens. We'd would, like pee in a trough. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, the, like old school restrooms, but the security guards. Do you think any of the security guards from Maple Leaf Gardens Wrestling are still alive today? I don't believe so, no. no. Or are the, some what? of them are, if they are, they're in jail. Um, <laughs> what? I remember we waited, there was like a whole like... Uh, <laughs> Hold on, this is a scoop. <laughs> a scandal. Yeah, there was a scandal. That Like one of the Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, it's like a, a not a good thing. It, it was like the equipment guys, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he like tickled kids or something, but like worse than that. I did not know that. Yeah, it was like a big fucking thing, man. Like 25 kids, like a Bill Cosby situation with kids. And that's why we don't have the ramp today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that guy's rotting in hell. Don't worry. Yeah, okay. But we once but, waited outside. Yeah. And when, like, I think the nasty boys came out and they, like, Drunk swore once. at us. Once? Uh, or twice. Yeah, so th- one of the other... Inter- it's, it's it's a small building. It's I mean, it's now a grocery store, but it was a very small building. And you could find there was an entrance where the wrestlers would come in and out. So you could see like they were getting out of their taxis across the street. Uh, we see like Brutus Beefcake, Rick Rude, uh, the Nasty Boys, Rick I remember, Rude. who were, <laughs> uh, were um, drunk. Um, I don't know who else. Who else did you guys see there? Do you remember? 
I have my like story again. I think we've told this before, but uh, where Corporal Kirshner and his wife to park their car right next to where like my dad parked his car. Corporal so like Mrs. Kirshner. we like met him and then we kept walking and he kept walking and it was like awkward. Like Corporal, like we met him and then he probably thought we were following him, but we parked like right by him and then him and his wife left. But uh, or his girlfriend or whatever girl I I don't know who it was, but uh, Kirshner. Corporal Kirshner. He was one of my favorite wrestlers, too. And, yeah, so that's what I find hard to believe. You didn't follow him? I mean, we like, may have been following him. Who knows? You can sign and sign and see that stock in the corporal. Um, so let's talk about some specific Maple Leaf Gardens matches that, that maybe you saw. Um, I'm going to start off and uh, with the Frank Tunney Memorial Tag Team Tournament, which did was— Did the Killer Bees win that? Spoiler alert. Did they? <laughs> yes, they did. Huh. Killer The Bees won that one. With Mass Confusion? Um, with Mass Confusion. They took on uh, like it was a, it was a one night tournament like Berserker and like <laughs> the Berserker Jose Luis the, Rivera. They took on Kamala and Sika. Oh, that's a good one. In I think the first round, they took on um, Demolition in the finals. Oh, like but it was like very very early days. Wait, Demolition. So, yeah, Kamala and Sika were at the same time as Demolition. Yep. Wow. Demolition had just just debuted. This was like was weeks before WrestleMania. It was 3. when it was like Moondog Rex. Maybe yeah, it might have been. But we but demolition was big enough uh, coming in that we they were the favorites to win. Well, they looked so awesome. Yeah, they beat the British Bulldogs. They beat. Um, oh, you were the at K&M that too. Connection. Yeah, we were there. Uh, and then the the bees also went over Bundy, my man Bundy, and Paul Orndorff in like the semifinals too. And then so the bees had this this whole big tournament and. Did they, they do mass confusion in only the last match or in all the matches? I feel like most of the matches they did, they did mass <laughs> confusion. Like stick with what works. Uh, but then they they fought the Heart Foundation. I'm surprised the Usos never do that. Mass confusion, or just like in general, like twin switching switcheroos. Maybe they do, or the Bella twins. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Um, well, they don't really look alike. No, I guess not. But they did the killer bees. Yeah, the killer bees didn't look anything. But they like wore them. masks. That's my point. Like the Usos don't need the mask. They could have done the same. Eh, it doesn't matter. Moving on. You're thinking way too hard about the Usos. Um, so they, the killer bees, not the Usos, got a, a shot at the tag team champions, the Heart Foundation. They didn't win the gold that night, but it was, it was, it was a really, it was a fun show. Wait, they sure. wrestled a whole tournament and then got it. They yes. had like five killer bees matches in one day. Yeah, they got the title shot there. The winner gets his title shot that night. What a horrible fucking card. Oh, it was, a, it was incredible. I'm sure, but four Killer Bees matches in one night? It was three, I think. Well, how could no, no, it be? No, 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 four, four, you're right. There was a bye. That's I, a lot of Killer Bees. Some of the other, yeah. uh, sorry. <laughs> I was some of the other tag teams. Uh, <laughs> you put Mor- it that way. <laughs> Morocco and Orton were like, teaming like up that Brian night. Like Brian Blair in four matches on the card. Oh, it was exciting at the time. You're killing my childhood here. Yeah. There was the Can-Am connection before Strike Force was a thing. Yeah. And then there was one team of, like, you ever see that Spivey clip on- and Jerry Allen were a tag team for some Jerry reason. Allen. Yes. Didn't he become something? Jerry Allen. No, but wasn't he like somebody like Jerry Snobs or something? I, Jerry I believe you're thinking of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, yes. Right, yes. So, Stu, what, what other uh, what other big? Well, like I said, I, remember, I have a vivid, I have vivid memories of Hogan Kamala. Was that a cage match? No. Oh. You're thinking of the Kamala Andre cage match from the no, beginning no, no, of the Coliseum of, video. There was a Hogan Kamala cage match in Toronto, and it was announced by Marty because of the match. I, I believe the one that uh, you're the first one was a DQ. Yes, we're all going to run by DQ because uh, Kamala attacked him with his shark tooth. Yeah. Uh, so then they came back and they had the steel cage match the next the next go around. Okay, so I for sure did that loop, but like we went all the time. 
Like it was it was monthly. Like Outback Jack, much. I remember seeing him outside the arena. No, no, like he, like it's just, I, I I just liked getting excited about the new wrestlers. You know, I'd be very excited if you were like outside waiting and then he hopped off a kangaroo or something like that. No, nothing like might. that. Um, the Hogan Kamala is probably the one that I remember the most. Um, I remember seeing Andre Ultimate Warrior in a steel mm-hmm. cage, which was uh, at Maple Leaf Gardens. At Maple Leaf Gardens, yeah. Were you not on television for that as well? On television with uh, with Stu here as well. Yeah. So Wait, surprised he doesn't remember it. Wait, we uh, went together and we got on TV. Yeah, we were sitting ringside and we actually went and sat on the floor in the aisle, right up against the barrier. And they filmed us for uh, City TV. I do not remember any of this. And, and that tells about how big. Maple Leaf Gardens wrestling was that they actually showed it on the news. Well, wait, so, you're telling me that we went to that to Andre and and I don't remember it. The reason, sorry, the reason that they had they were televising that for City Pulse News was because it was the press conference for WrestleMania like the week before or something like that. So they did a big special about WrestleMania coming to Toronto and they had Warrior versus Andre it was the big blow off cage match. And Ryan and I were there. I believe all of us were the there. The big Rybowski. Yeah. And I, I, it's possible that your sister was there as well. Uh, possible. Dina? Possible, yes. Okay, babe. Interesting. Um, um, I also remember seeing Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart, which also could have been in a steel it cage. Is that cage. right? Yeah. But that would have been like later. We were like teenagers already at that point. Uh, yes. It was 93, yeah. yeah. Bret Hart, I don't remember any of this let, stuff. Let me throw out one of you. The, the best like main event I think I ever saw in Maple Leaf Gardens, and it was so just like unexpected. So it was Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude, and they were in the main event against the Ultimate Warrior and the Texas Tornado. I don't, it was, it was did fucking, I go with you to that? It was a phenomenal match. I don't Probably. think you were there. Hold on, hold on. Guys, this is big. Oh. Literally or figuratively? Um, hey, so I'm just doing this podcast right now, and you're on? I'm on live? Yes. You're going to have to speak up, Farbzy. You're going to have to speak up a little bit. You're on live with your daughter. And I'm with uh, the Canadian Bulldog and, uh, you know, these guys. Oh, boy. How's it going? Anyway, we're talking about the the big event that happened in the Hulkamania event. Oh, yes. And I know you've got a story. Oh, I have an interesting story from that one. Uh, Do you want to tell a a quick version? Sure. I'm seven years old, maybe eight, I guess. It was 1985. And uh, I'm with my cousin and my grandfather, and we're sitting in the 65,000-person arena at, uh, where was it, Uh, Exhibition Stadium. And it took us like an hour to get to our seats. And back in those days when I was a little kid, I had to go to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. And so I said to my grandfather. One or two. What? One or two. Number one. But I said, I got to go. Like, this has to happen right now. And my grandfather said, fine. We're not freaking going to the bathroom. Here's a cup. Go. I looked around. The people around me said, don't worry about it. You're a kid. We won't look. I peed in the cup. It was a 20-ounce cup. I filled that thing to the brim. My grandfather put the lid on it and threw it as far as he could in the air. Uh, if you look at the videos, you can actually see the cup flying on YouTube. What match would it have been in? It was during the main. It was during the main event. That's why Orndorff lost. 
Anyway, but he got a nice surprise that night. Okay, but isn't there like a story yeah, about like a boat show a few weeks later? There's definitely follow-up Yeah, I don't this. know if I believe it. My grandfather said that he was at the Legion, and one of the guys there said he got hit by a cup of lemonade. <laughs> that was always the best part of the story. Now you're saying you don't believe it? I don't know if I believe it, but it might be true. You never know. Why did your grandfather tell Bubamasses? What's that? Did your grandfather, is he a big fibber? No, actually, he was a truth teller. He'll tell you who you are and what you are right to your face. Okay, so then the chances are someone got hit with the lemonade. It's, it's, it's quite possible, but it wasn't lemonade. All right, well, thank you for sharing your story. No problem. We'll, we'll be in touch. Thanks, Farbsy. Thanks, Farbs. There you see Farbsy. The legendary DJ Farbs, uh, you can catch him. See, it changes every time. I never heard the part about you can see it on YouTube. <laughs> or the part where like people were like, oh, you're a kid. Don't worry. We won't look. Yeah, that would be creepy if someone said that to uh, my son. Uh, I'd be like, okay, just – well, first of all, I'd take my son to the washroom. Who am I kidding? <laughs> so I guess that changes the whole Even story. But that's still creepy. Hogan main event? Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, so, great okay. building. And also – the Maple Leaf Gardens featured attraction was uh, the feature match was part of the broadcast on Maple Leaf Wrestling every. So, yeah, talk, uh, talk about like, how that how that came to be. Well, uh, the fine folks over at CHCH they used to run an hour of uh, matches, which is like a compilation of matches you would have seen on this various syndicated programming. Um, it was like a mishmash. There was like just different. Yeah, stuff from Challenge, stuff from Superstars, stuff from Primetime, stuff from Wrestling Spotlight. Stuff from uh, wherever, but the main event was always a match from Maple Leaf Gardens. And even if it was like a shit match, like the main event, even if it was like Iron Mike Sharp against yeah somebody, like that would be like the featured match. I I think they'd pretty much go through a cycle of all of them if they could, and leading up into the next event. The one thing I remember most about watching that, although we would try to yell, they'd never show like the Hogan match though on TV. No, the main event was never on the TV show. Oh, is that okay? It was yeah yeah. But I remember that they would always edit them, and they would edit them yeah. so horribly. Yeah, it would so, like cut to like a crowd wide shot, and then like, yeah. But someone would be like in a in a headlock, and then it would cut to the crowd to come back, and you know the other one would be on top with with one of them bleeding or something like that. Like Keem would be like on top of Bret Hart or something like that, and like it'd be yeah the, the end. So yeah, they were they were clipped to death, and uh, I'm sure like there were other areas where WWF did that at the time. But we always remember the Maple Leaf uh, feature matches like the highlight of the Saturday uh, evening 7 p.m. Uh, wrestling show. So let's let's move on from Maple Leaf Gardens for a bit. And let's talk about a different venue in Toronto that we all we all saw, the uh, Horse Barn, uh, where we saw WCW appear for the first time ever. Do you guys have any any specific memories of those shows, the Horse Barn shows? Uh, the merchandise. But didn't we talk yeah. about this? I swear we did. In, in casual conversation. Oh, we never did on, the on podcast. this podcast? No. Holy shit. That, those are the best shows. I mean... We went to that was one of the best shows. I don't remember the matches, but I know like and I remember a bunch of wrestlers like not showing up. There were so But I also remember the merch stand was the greatest merch stand of all time and I bought everything imaginable. You still own most of that, I believe. <laughs> I wish. But I had like a Ric Flair shirt, I bought a Road Warriors shirt, I brought I bought a four horseman shirt, like every shirt. That the merch stand was superior to the WWF uh, merch stand. Yeah, so so as a backstory, this was 1990. I'm so much louder than you, by the way. It was 1990. That's much better. And uh, 
the, the WCW, they could not get rights to Maple Leaf Gardens because WWF had their their you know monthly or every other month show there. So they rented a, uh, basically a horse barn by the Exhibition Coliseum, which interestingly enough is where WWE runs today. It's just it's been sort of rebranded. I think it's the three the Coca, the, no now it's the Coca Cola Arena. Right, but yes, the same place. Um, but it's it smelled like a horse barn when you go in there. Uh, the first show they they hyped for months, for months and months on WCW television, so you knew exactly the matches that you were supposed to see. That sort and of thing. none of those matches were the matches. I have a feeling. Uh, some of the matches were. Um, however, card all subject them, to change. It was a card subject to change because every match was non-title all of a sudden. So you had like Ric Flair against Lex Luger was the main it was a non-title match. Both of them were champions. The Steiner brothers against Doom, who were in the newspaper ad, they were listed as Doonal, D-O-O-N-L. Don't call me peanut head. There's, yeah, Teddy Long was there. The very first match, I believe, of the show was The Undertaker as Mean Mark with uh, Paul Heyman, or Paul E. Dangerously. Uh, I don't, I think he was against like some jabroni, like Nick DiCarlo, maybe? You got that. You nailed that, Nick DiCarlo. Who, uh, DiCarlo went under? <laughs> DiCarlo lost. Um, the Fabulous Freebirds against the Southern Boys, which was like an amazing match. Um, wow, we saw the Freebirds? Yeah. Or sorry, maybe that was, sorry, maybe that was a different it, it was the Midnight Express. It was the 90s. Things were you know, <laughs> kind of crazy back then. Um, Junkyard Dog against Arn Anderson. JYD won the, the match against the TV champion, but he didn't win the title. And sorry, that was the same as the last match. Midnight Express were the champions, mm. and Southern Boys beat them, but it was a non-title match. Yeah, so that was the entire theme. Um, I do remember at one point the the announcer, like the ring announcer, Gary Michael Capetta, told us that we could watch uh, WCW every week on TBS, only in Canada we didn't have uh, TBS yet. So that got, that got a big round of booze. So, Stu, were you, were you at the show? I was with you. What do you mean? I don't remember. It was the 90s. I was with you. Okay, so what do you remember about this? I was amazing. Show? I just remember the merch stand. I remember like the huge, uh, how over Lex Luger was. He was like super over. But they had Road Warriors t-shirts, and they weren't on the show. They had to have been. They, they left by then, but they did. So I, they bought, were so, I bought the t-shirt. Yeah, we both did, I believe. Unbelievable. Um, Rybuski, do you want to talk about your shirt? Um, oh, I, I think I had two shirts. Uh, first one I bought was the Sting one, which was amazing. It was uh, I remember the that shirt. Four Horsemen holding up Sting, a beaten Sting, and it said Revenge on it. And it was the coolest shirt. It was it was I don't really neat. It was that. a drawn picture. And I remember so excited. I, I purchased it, brought it back to the seat, and then I actually looked at it, and it was awful. Uh, I can't even describe it. It didn't look like them. Uh, it wasn't drawn properly. So I actually returned it for a Sting shirt, a white uh, sting shirt, but but didn't it wasn't it like he's being beaten up by four Arn Andersons or something like that? Was yeah, that they were like horribly drawn. It, they all looked like Arn Anderson. They were all bald, including Ric Flair. It was it was a mess. I gotta find that shirt. Um, my memory of this show was uh, all the wrestlers when they were finished their match or before their match, they would hang out at one of the back entrances and watch the show from back there near the horses, near the horse stables. Probably that's probably also their dressing room. But I remember we would look back and see them standing there, and we'd run over to them to, I don't know what to do, what, to harass them, I guess. Um, I remember seeing Arn Anderson, and uh, as soon as we saw him, we ran over, and he saw us and turned the other way and ran away. Uh, we saw Tracy Smothers and had a conversation with him. Um, in 1990, I don't know what kind of conversation it would be. Do you think you could beat the Freebirds? You think that show was in 1990? That it show was, was in 1990, yeah. How could that be? So we were 12? And we oh, got to go by ourselves with 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 Bulldog? I believe so. Different times. Different times, Stu. 
Um, but yes, and I, and I do remember the non-title matches. I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they really emphasize that they were non-title matches. So when it first or, the, you know, the first two times it happened, the Southern Boys and JYD, everyone was thinking we were watching a title change. Who The Southern Boys is Tommy Rich and, and Tracy Smothers, or who uh, is it? Tracy Smothers, Steve Armstrong. Oh, Steve Armstrong. Uh, the other thing is the unlicensed music. So instead of like the actual WCW themes you'd hear on TV every week, it was like Doom came out to like Can't Touch This by Hammer. Um, Junk Your Dog came out to like Another One Bites the Dust. Uh, Undertaker, Mark Calloway was uh, Back in Black by ACDC. Yeah, How was- do you remember that? Uh, it was a legendary show. <laughs> and uh, did, who came out to Con Ken? <laughs> Nobody? That was you. Ah. Dutch Mantel? <laughs> yes. Was he on that show? No. Uh, Fly and Brian was on that show, though, I believe. Oh, sorry. Fly and Brian beat Dutch Mantel. So they were both on that show. Hmm. Uh, So there were a couple of other uh, WCW shows. The Sky Dome. Rick Flair's big return. Okay, so let's let's skip ahead a few years uh, because I wasn't like doing a format or anything. And let's go to WCW's big return. The Sky Dome was big business. That's where uh, 68,000 strong were watching WrestleMania 6. And then a few years later, WCW had their run. So what do you remember with that show? Well, it definitely was like roped off like a half the uh, it was about a th- quarter of the dome. It had a big black curtain. And I remember it was like Ric Flair's like re- first appearance in WCW since leaving WWE uh, after he lost to Mr. Perfect, I guess, on Raw. And this was it. This was it. His was his big return. And it was like a t- it wasn't a match. It was like a a flair for the gold. And he interviewed, I don't even remember. Was it Paul Roma? No, he, he didn't interview anybody. He just, he ended up talking about how amazing the Blue Jays and the Maple Leafs were to get like the cheap, like pop. Really? That was it, yeah. yeah. He, he was out there for like five minutes. That was like the big. I remember attraction. having really good seats for that, like third row or something. We were at ringside. I believe we were sitting near someone's family. Huh. It, was, it might have been Vader. Does that make sense? Is that possible? I don't know what Vader's family looks like. So, <laughs> Well, we, we were talking. We found out they had passes, and I think Stu asked them what they were for. My memory of that show was getting there early in these amazing seats, and over the PA system, mm-hmm. to warm up the crowd, they were playing the WCW wrestling album, which was unheard to us at that point, except for the clips on TV. And we thought it was awesome to be able to hear those songs. Wow. And then, in well, at first we did. It was, you know, this is cool. And then they would play, you know, five songs in a loop over and over and over again. Uh, and I believe Eric Bischoff was uh, in between uh, plugging the TV show again. You're thinking Tony Schiavone. Possibly. Yeah. They're the same would, person to me. Yeah. I, yeah, I do remember this song like that. Ricky Steamboat the Dragon. <laughs> and and that sort of thing, like, over and over again. He's just a natural. He's just well, a call in the natural, natural. That's a much better. Natural version. can be. There's like the Vinny Vegas theme songs. So th- there were actually some pretty- Let's roll the dice, baby. Vinny Vegas. It's good to make fake WCW songs. And nobody would know the difference, too. Right. Um, so I'm the gold- diamond stud. <laughs> diamond stud. He's the diamond stud. Um, so... <laughs> Flying Brian! <laughs> so speaking of Flying Brian, so him Flying Brian! Him and, and Steve Austin were a tag team at the time. So yeah, it, was, it was like... It was Austin against like Two Cold Scorpio. Yeah. 
No, oh, no you need me. <laughs> Everybody, here comes Duco Scorpio. Duco. Scorpio. I'm trying to remember the rap now. Who's his opponent? He don't care. Like the Gulf War brother, he attacks from the air. <laughs> Duco. Rick Rude. Rick I'm going to school today. Yeah, we'll go to the pool hall. What's that? It's the video, the kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, you yeah. going to school? I'm going to school today. I got pool hall. Uh, Sorry, I'm going to gay room. The gay room? The gay room, I think. Whoop, there it is. Yeah, so, so good memories there. Vinny Vegas was on that show. Heavy Metal Van Hammer was on that show. Seems like every time we saw a WCW show, Kevin Nash had a different gimmick or... <laughs> he wasn't on that first one as sure. Nick DeCarlo. Wasn't he Nick DeCarlo? No, he was never... Kevin Nash was never Nick DeCarlo. Oh. Uh, like Nick DiCarlo was like a like a jobber from like Montreal, something like that. <laughs> How dare you? Um, it was uh, Dustin and Cactus Jack. Yes, on that on that show against like Rick Rude and and I don't remember any of this. Heel. Paul Orndorff. Wow. There you go. So that's like, and then the main event was Sting against Vader, which is actually really really good match for the WCW Championship with Harley Race at ringside. I remember we got heated with him. What what happened there? I don't know. We were like, you suck, Harley Race. He's like, what do I say? Vader's going to beat Sting. And he pulled out a gun. I think that was a cigarette. (laughs) He started smoking. I don't get paid enough for this. It's good good memories. It was was definitely a bigger venue. It was better production values, that sort of thing. Sorry, I remember getting shot with a, uh, not like personally. T-shirt cannon? You gun. The the confetti cannon. From Johnny B. Bad? It it must have been Johnny B. Bad, right? Yeah. He was against Max Payne, if I remember correctly. And I feel like, Stu, maybe you took a few of those confetti, put in your pocket, and thought it would be uh, a valuable. valuable. Yeah, I, I was a, uh, a collector of all things. So Check out Stu Stone's uh, eBay profile for uh, Johnny B. Bad confetti. Yes. <laughs> Men uh, Mountain Rock. That's Max Payne. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's, let's move ahead a little bit to some of the other. Can't hear you. Let's move ahead a little bit yes. to some of the other shows that uh, we saw either at, at Skydome, at the Exhibition. WrestleMania or, 6. Okay, so talk about WrestleMania 6. Front row, 1990, April whatever. You're you're in the video. I'm in the video. And it's a miracle that you made it here today after that. Front row, WrestleMania 6, Hogan, Warrior. If you're not a wrestling fan 30 years later, it's insane. Like, how could you not be, right? If you're a 12-year-old boy and you're sitting front row for Andre or for uh, warrior Hogan you're hooked and that's what happened to me and that's why I'm here all these years later I do remember though you have a farbsy story about that card although it's it's real should we call him up uh several stories happened there but the most notably um the big boss man uh got thrown into the barricade by Ted DiBiase and he crushed my sister Dina and she started crying and they came and they gave her all this, uh, they gave us like Bushwhackers t-shirts or something like that to like shut her up. And then also uh, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels like got thrown over the barricade by the Orient Express. And we like, you know, kissed their foot and stuff. My sister's like kissed her hand and like touched his this foot. This is all on camera. Too. Yes. You can see that. Also, Jake the Snake gave out Ted DiBiase's money to everyone at ringside. I, we didn't get uh, money, but the guy next to us got a hungee. Uh, am I missing something? Well, here's my question for you, though. 
when uh, when they were giving out stuff to tell after your sister was hurt, was it actually Jake the Snake and Ted DiBiase who were giving you the gifts? Because that would be like, were they handing out the merch to you personally? Yes. That would have been amazing. <laughs> no. Uh, but Here we, you go. Sorry, you got crushed. Take this t-shirt. <laughs> Sorry, you got crushed. Uh, but really, um, you know, it was a hell of a show. Front row, like I said, vivid memories of walking into the building and hearing Rene Goulet do the anthem, and we hadn't, we weren't at our seats yet. I'm pretty sure that was Robert Goulet. Oh, sorry, Robert Goulet. Jeez, Robert Goulet Rene, was doing the Rene anthem. Rene Goulet was working backstage, probably. My bad. Robert Goulet was doing the anthem, and I remember walking in, and it was just getting chills. And then, like, I think Coco Beware was maybe the first person that was introduced on the card and got like the big first guy pop. Am I wrong about that? So there was a dark match before, but yeah, in terms of the telecast, yeah, it was, it was uh, Coco? Coco against Rick Martel. Yeah, I remember that, and uh, we were just rushed the hell to our seats, and I didn't even realize I had front row at that point, so we kept wow. walking closer and closer and closer and closer, and my dad, I think, paid $500 a ticket for the for those, Wow. maybe $1,000 a ticket. I mean, it was not cheap. But that's an experience that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. sure. Um, yeah, WrestleMania six was like one of my favorite all time favorite shows. And I was, I was there with Rybowski in a skybox. Oh, that's awesome. I believe our, our grandmother, Bobby Bulldog was uh, interviewed for television. Like as the, the throngs of people came into the arena, you were interviewed as well. It was, uh, me and Bobby, they kind of asked why she was a wrestling fan and then why I was a wrestling fan. Cause I was the young one and she was the old one in our group. Right. And what was the answer? I did a horrible Hulk Hogan impression. Yes. That sounds about right. <laughs> But yeah, a legendary show. What about uh, what about WrestleMania 18? Another amazing show. I was at that show, uh, and the electricity in the building when Hogan and The Rock fought. Never have I experienced anything like that at a WWE show in my life. It was the greatest. The crowd turning on the match, and turning Hogan babyface, was so awesome. I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but I was definitely one of the people cheering for Hulk. Yeah, I mean, it, that was definitely my favorite match I think I've ever seen live just because of it that. It was so good. If there was a mute button on it, it probably would be horrible, no. but the crowd was amazing. Amazing. It was just unex I wouldn't even say it was unexpected. I think the amount of electricity that was there was unexpected, but that is the epitome of Toronto wrestling, is we always cheer for the bad guys. We always kind of change the plans. And when Hogan got such an ovation, but it was also split. So there was a lot of uh, Rocky fans. Nah. Uh, I mean, not as much as Hogan, but there was Rocky fans. Which Dude, Hogan hit Rocky with a bus. He fucking did it was everything short of kill him to get heat. He and he still was the, he still, he still <laughs> got, he still got cheers. Yeah, it was amazing. But there, there were Rocky. It was, you know, Hogan, Rocky it was back and forth. It, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it was it, one of the best like live experiences for anything, concert or otherwise, I've ever seen. But I'm going to say this, though. That was really the only highlight to WrestleMania X8. Like The rest of the show was, by today's standards, just utter shit. I don't even remember. Well, there you go. What, wasn't uh, Flair Undertaker on that card and maybe like no DQ? Rob Van Dam against uh, Steve Regal. Yeah, Chris Jericho against... DDP against like, Christian. Or something, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Chris Jericho was against uh, Triple, H. Triple H in the main oh. event, um, and it, it was. So I remember it being a horrible match, a horrible match, just because the crowd was completely out of it. They were dead uh, after the Hogan Rock match. They put on Trish Stratus. Yeah, and it was like a four-way match. Yeah, 
um, and no Jazz. one cared. And yeah. by the time they, and then they had all the promo for the main event with Jericho and Stephanie versus Triple H and killing someone's dog. And by that point, the crowd just was not feeling it, and that match suffered because of People that. People were actually leaving, and it wasn't like it was a bad match. It was just nothing else could have held up to Hogan Rock. I remember also Stone Cold was there. That was definitely a highlight. Horrible match. Stone Cold uh, against versus Scott, Scott Hall. Hall. That was his last match. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. Then uh, he left. Um, but I, I remember, I mean, Stone Cold. He was Cold's... supposed to be on Raw the next night against Brock Lesnar, and he went home. Mm, that was later. No. Yes. No. Yeah. He no. He did go home for sure. But the Brock Lesnar thing was like um, two months later. No. It was in June. No. All right. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> have people. No, I, I know. Here we I go. Know I'm right on that. I know it was June. Um. Anyway, it, it was it was an okay show. It wasn't it wasn't like worthy of WrestleMania. That's that's what I would say about that. Um. Let's move ahead a little bit to more some of the more recent. Um, uh, Survivor Series, for example, in Toronto. Uh, Rybowski, what do you think? You were there. Um, this past Survivor Series, Goldberg Lesnar. It was a few few years ago, but yeah. Sorry, yes, the past one that happened in Toronto. Actually, this was a few years ago. <laughs> uh, I, that was a great event. I actually really liked that. Um, top to bottom, they had the traditional Survivor Series matches: SmackDown versus Raw. Uh, Shane McMahon was in one. Did a did a huge spot. Uh, Braun Strowman was there. Um, it was great. And then, of course, the Goldberg uh, Lesnar main event was also, it had that electricity in the crowd. And I remember just being absolutely shocked because the match ended in, what, 30 seconds? Everybody was in shock for sure. Yeah, just as, as such a solid show. Was it the main event? Yes. It was, yeah. It was the ending of the show. And it ended like, the show ended like 15 minutes early, which never happened back then. And now look what ago. happened this year. Yeah, exactly. SummerSlam ended like at 10 30. So, Stu, uh, from from uh, Survivor Series, I'm going to go to uh, Slammiversary because I think you were there as part of that show at, at the the nightclub, Rebel Nightclub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that Is was the... like a year ago. Uh, what are your memories of that? <laughs> it's a hell of a show. Uh, it was great, man. Slammiversary. Was that not the the? Yeah, no, name? I think yeah. it was. So, who was on the show? Like Kevin Cross, like Eli Drake. Uh, Falaba. Okay, how how about uh, House of Hardcore? We were at that show together. That was good. That was an amazing show. They, all of these shows are good. The Slammiversary show was good too. But I think we were, you know, we're not kids anymore. Now we were like, now we're we were backstage at that show for the most of the show. I don't remember watching too many matches out in the crowd. Um, whenever uh, Impact comes to town, it's always good to catch up with a lot of uh of the wrestlers. Uh. And it's not like WWE where you can't, you know, you can't go. It's not like that. The impact is still, you know, in Ring of Honor also, you can, like, go backstage. Uh, and it's cool. It's it's really, it's great to see the wrestlers and say hello to old friends or whatnot. And I remember when we went to the House of Hardcore show, we took photos with... Uh, Ronnie, the security Yeah, the guy guard. from Atlas Security. <laughs> the ECW security guard was there. And he was, he was, like, so happy that you recognized him. Yeah, he was psyched. Uh, and I don't remember much about that show either. Tracy Book- Brooks' retirement uh, ceremony. Yeah. We laughed the entire way through. I don't remember laughing. That might have been you. But uh, <laughs> the Actually, the main event of that show, it, it was a really good show. It was like the Young Bucks. Young Bucks against uh, the Dudley Boys, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a good match. Phenomenal match, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rybowski, any shows that weren't WWE or WCW that you've been to that uh, you want to give a shout-out to? 
nothing specific. I remember seeing Dustin Diamond uh, in Toronto. <laughs> Who did he wrestle? I know you wrote about that there. Uh, he wrestled Doink the Clown, or was he partners with Doink? It was like it was like an eight man tag team match. Like Virgil was part of it. DiBiase was like the manager, maybe. I don't remember who it was. like wanted to buy the uh, the promotion, and Dustin Diamond <laughs> was fighting to save it. Does that sound right? I don't think they really got into that. But, uh, uh, but other than that, no. I, I mean, definitely my focus more on the, the big ones. Those are what stick out of my mind. The WWF, obviously, WCW. But here, okay, so do you remember what the main event of that show was? Um, Was Duke Drossi in it? Is that possible? Duke Drossi was not part of that show. What show? This was uh, a Megan Boy show. I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was it was a good show. Um, but the the main event was Kurgan. Kurgan against uh, like maybe Jason Sensation. Really? <laughs> yes. Sounds right. Sounds about right. A main event anywhere in the arena. Do we have any other uh, Toronto wrestling memories? Just as we start to wrap up here. Yeah, uh, we do. Uh, a lot of great meet and greets. Uh, with wrestlers over the years at various locations and swap meet type spots around town. Uh, you, you've paid for that Virgil 8x10 before, I believe. I have. Uh, also, uh, just great times. You know, Toronto's a great wrestling city, and it will continue to be a great wrestling city. I think that, you know, having WWE in town recently doing four consecutive nights of events was a big test to see how hot wrestling is here. And I think, I, I don't know if they were sold out every night, but there was definitely some hot crowds. The NXT show was was spectacular. Uh, and it was just a good time. And the wrestling business is it's getting exciting, man. You got AEW coming on. You got WWE. You got NXT. You got Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. The boys from Smash. Yeah, like Smash Wrestling. You got uh, NWA Wrestling is getting back in the fold. Billy Corgan's going to do tapings in Atlanta, I heard. And then you got, you know, all uh, the other independents floating around like championship wrestling from Hollywood and uh, et cetera. So there's a lot, a lot of choices, a lot of uh, different, uh, a lot, lots of wrestling to watch these days. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, these brands uh, continue to make Toronto a destination when they're uh, booking their tours. And Rybowski, any, uh, any last thoughts here? Yeah, I just think uh, obviously uh, growing up and being born in Toronto, that's what's molded. Me I mean, into you the can hear now. the show, right? Yes, I can. hear Okay, it. don't you hear that? That's better now. Well, it's better, but I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to get that close to Canadian Bulldog to steal his <laughs> microphone. But um, I mean, very lucky to be growing up in this market with great crowds, great exposure to the business, uh, giving my friends a stunner anywhere I go would always get a reaction. Where that's kind of when you know you're in a wrestling city. All right, so uh, thank you for listening to our Wrestling in Toronto podcast as part of Wrestling Merchandise and Memories. Uh, Stu can be followed on Twitter at Stu Stone. Rybowski is at Rybowski, I believe. And I am Canadian Bulldog. Visit CanadianBulldogsWorld.com, your scrapbook for wrestling merchandise and memories. And we'll see you next time.